This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of takes that chance 10. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Play down the left and Moy stayed onside. Here's Mounier! 2-0 Huddersfield Town on the opening day of the Premier League. One, two, get on Here's Moy, right footed. 1-0 Huddersfield Town. Lindelof misses his header. De Quattro's in. Round De Gea. 2-0 Huddersfield Town. 2-0 Huddersfield Town. Here's Zanka to turn it into the back. Yes! Yeah. And Tommins scored. Tommins has scored. One of the most important goals of Huddersfield Town's history. De Plattas forward. De Plattas got the better. Yeah! And Laurent De Plattas scores. Laurent De Plattas scores. Welcome to Andy Takes That Chance, the warm-up. Another midweek match. And for this one, we welcome our deposed player foe of 2017, Sheffield Wednesday. Paying a financial penalty and having to attend a driver's awareness course for speeding down to Wembley. True story. I'm Matt Shaw. Yet to pay his fixed penalty for exposure and lewd behaviour on a podcast, we have Brady Frost. And finally, a man who entered the field of play at the end of a penalty shootout and miraculously got away without being banned by stadium safety officer, John Robinson. It's Chris Markham. Hello, chaps. Hello. Hello, mate. How are we doing? Very good. Uh, Tuesday night, and we host the Pulis Ball of Sheffield Wednesday. Two sides quite close in geography, but never really much of a rivalry to, to speak of, despite becoming quite familiar with each other since the turn of the millennium. Uh, the clubs have met 60 times, with Huddersfield on top in the head-to-heads with 24 wins, and there have been 15 draws and 21 Sheffield Wednesday wins. One famous Huddersfield victory is the 1930 FA Cup semi-final, 
where Huddersfield beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1 at Old Trafford before losing to Herbert Chapman's Arsenal in the final. Uh, but this week's memorable match has to be the feisty encounter of the 3rd of January 2011, an early kickoff game on Sky, settled by Anthony Pilkington's 25-yard Thunder Rockets and goal of the season contender. A man who will have had a, a bird's eye, well, not quite a bird's eye view, but a decent view of that will be uh, Mr. Markham. Uh, tell us what you remember from that game. Oh, it was, like like you say, it was one of the goals of the season. And I remember um, I had a great view behind it and it was one of them pilts. It was both footed. Um, one story in training was when Scotty Arfield joined. It took him like three or four training sessions, three or four weeks into pre-season. He, he had to ask him, what footed are you? Because he didn't know. He didn't know. So in training, making different angles and stuff. But that just showed what pilts could do. It went either way. And it was one of them where when he hit it, obviously, absolutely just knew it was in. From, from that moment and it was those games against Wednesday at that time were always a bit nip and tuck weren't they and it, it was going to take something like that and it was an oh, absolute wonder strike Fantastic day uh, Brady uh, you must have seen that goal a hundred times like me as well what what are your overriding thoughts of uh, the quality of that especially with it being in League One at the time it could grace any level Oh yeah I mean Pilkington at that time just loved him didn't you one of my favourite players definitely in the round. Well, Brady, as soon as I was speaking to you, give us the lay of the sty. Bring us up to date and tell us how Sheffield Wednesday have been doing more recently. Right, well, um, they're yet, yet to win under Tony Pulis since he replaced Gary Monk in mid-November. Um, really sad for Gary Monk, obviously. Big fan for all town fans. Uh, joking, of course. Uh, they've only conceded two goals in one match, though, since they took over, and that was the 2-1 defeat to Norwich, who were the league leaders at the weekend. Um They've only scored three goals since Pulis took charge and they remain bottom of the table on nine points. Obviously, they had that points deduction of 12, but it's been reduced to six. Um, they've only won once on the road this season and, and that was 1-0 at Birmingham and that was when Gary Monk was in charge. So, yeah, so it sounds quite good on paper, but as you kind of touched on, we don't really have a great record against Wednesday. Um, only won one in our last five against them and uh, no surprises for guessing which game that was. Um, so, yeah, it could be a tough game. Um, again, we'll kind of touch on it a bit more, but we know, we kind of know what you're getting from Pulis's team. And if they're, as soon as they're playing away from home, it's going to be uh, maybe not the most entertaining of matches this season. So, let's have a look at the strengths and weaknesses of Sheffield Wednesday in general. Just a couple of things I've gleaned from that is they're quite a direct and aggressive, low block style side, three central midfielders, quite flat as well. Uh, that will disrupt the flow of the game. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, love a good shithouse in, you know, they've, they've got hit, a past for it with Gary Megson, etc. Uh, that could very well upset Town, who like to have things their own way. Uh, Town not great from set pieces and balls into the box, and Sheffield Wednesday, despite not getting a lot of goals this season, have scored 75% of their away, away goals from set pieces or penalties. Uh, Chris, what have you, uh, when you've looked into Sheffield Wednesday, what stood out for you in particular? Yeah, I mean, the the thing for me is with this, it's such a difficult one, just to give you an idea of obviously what the championship's like. Um, you know, four matches um, that Pulis has been in. He has steadied the ship, obviously, as Brady mentioned, in terms of three draws and obviously a late loss when they took the lead at Norwich the other day. And, you know, that the, the, they'll be buoyed by that performance despite the, the, the deflated nature of it. But it's so difficult, you know, I've just gone and looked briefly at, at the four games he's been in charge. He's used about four different shapes. He's used players in different positions. We had Iorfa playing centre mid 
um, at the weekend. You've got Patterson who can play anywhere from right back to centre forward. Um, obviously, different places for Adam Reach to play. So it'd be one of them that when they get the team sheet before the game, it'll even then be a difficult one to predict what's going to happen. Um, which really, you know, leads to be more of maybe it's one of those games where you maybe focus on yourselves a bit more. Um, I know Carlos, I just read something in the press when he mentions how much of a different challenge it will be to the QPR game. And that really is one of the challenges of the championship. And one of the things that I enjoyed most, why I think it's probably one of the best leagues to work in. You've got to turn around and change so quickly. Um, and I think that's that's a really interesting one. I think, as, as you've said, um, so difficult to predict what they are uh, going to be. But what we do know is, like you say, Matt, from Pulis, they're going to be big. They're going to be direct. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to like set plays. They're going to be well-disciplined. They're the things that you can take off Tony Pulis. Um, and, yeah, I just think it's such a difficult one to try and predict what, what they're going to do specifically and their strengths and weaknesses are going to be. Um, and, yeah, I think it's, it's one of those where maybe stats – Stats don't tell the full story. Um, I know in one of the games as well, the Reading game, they had a man sent off, which obviously skews the whole stats and the whole game anyway. So probably not one for stats. Um, it's probably more one for maybe focusing on us and, and, and as you've said, focusing on maybe more of a, of a pulist ideology rather than you know where players are going to play and, and what formation they're going to line up in. Uh, Brady, uh, what have you taken from Sheffield Wednesday? And maybe you can lead us into uh, the player focus and a player that you may have picked out from Sheffield Wednesday to look at. Yeah, um, well, uh, touching on what kind of Chris said, um, my player focus, which taps into what we're talking about, is Adam Reach. Um, I think he's becoming a bit of an important player under Pulis already in a short space of time. Uh, so against Norwich at the weekend, they played five at the back and he reached with the left wing back. But he's also played as a left midfielder and a left winger. Um, particularly in the Norwich game, the cross from DP put on for Windass was absolutely superb. Like, you know, couldn't have done it any better. And I think those good deliveries from deep are someone, something we're going to need to be aware of when we talk about their strengths. And um, Pippa needs to have a good game defensively. For me, we know he likes to bomb forward and obviously can help with us from an attacking sense. But um, that'd be a cause of concern, I think. Again, talked about set pieces. Then he scored against Norwich from a corner at the weekend. It was a goal line clearance. So do need to watch out for that. And um, as I'm sure we'll come on to, we've uh, got a bit of a defensive small mini crisis, if you want to call it, with uh, Stearman and Schindler out. So be a big big test in that sense, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. So um, in terms of player focus, player that I've picked out is Barry Bannon. You know, we know all about Barry Bannon from, from years gone by. He's been at Sheffield Wednesday a little while now. Um, uh, he's, he, he still brings a lot of craft in the middle of the park, and I think he's a very good player at this level. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday are notorious for scoring from diagonal balls from him into the box, and I'm sure we'll all remember the, the Fletcher header in the playoffs, you know, where, which came from a Barry Bannon you know, diagonal as well. Uh, he's got two goals and assists this season um, prior to uh, the Norwich game, so I've not checked since because I'm bad at that. Uh, Bannon tends to make 10 more passes per game on average than anyone else in the Sheffield Wednesday side. So you can see a reliance on Barry Bannon to make things happen in the middle of the park. He also hits typically five long balls a game on average, which is the most in the side other than the goalkeeper. So you can see that you know the, they will go through Barry Bannon and Barry Bannon will pull the strings. Uh, if Sheffield Wednesday, for me, to get the better of us, then they'll need to utilise him in midfield. Um, but yeah, so currently they're hitting more long balls away from home than at home, but we'll, uh, we'll definitely see how that one goes, Chris. 
Yeah, I think it's a good point around Bannon that he's almost like that deep quarterback, isn't he? Just coming deep and he'll be the one that sprays it and he's got the quality. They're not just long balls, they're long passes and there's a difference. Um, so, yeah, that's a good one. Um, my my player, or I've sort of had between two. I mentioned Patterson a minute ago. Obviously, his versatility is a big thing, but also his long throw will help. That's just a side note for him. Another way to, for them to get the ball in the box, which, as we've mentioned, with our centre-back crisis is something they'll be doing at every single opportunity. But I'm going to go for Kadeem Harris. Um, I think he's the sort of player that, particularly against these low-block teams, and we've played some this year, when even when they're playing low-block against us and we struggle to break them down, I'm quite uh, confident that we're not going to be able to concede on the break. Whereas with Wednesday, the direct style anyway, they'll have plenty of runners in behind. They haven't really got a target man as such. Everyone at the top of the field's mobile but no more so than Harris really. He's quick, um, he's, he's tricky, and he, he's direct when he gets the ball. He's trying to make something happen. Um, so I think he could be a threat on the break if we don't manage to sh- sh- sort of keep the back door shut, if you like, particularly with our fullbacks uh, going forward. Uh, okay. So um, maybe take us into our strengths as well against them and, uh, and a key player that you've picked out, Chris. Yep. Um, as I mentioned last week, and I probably haven't spoken about it enough, but no time like the present, I suppose. I'm probably Lewis O'Brien's biggest fan, um, and I think he's going to have to have a big game today. It's one of those uh, today. Um, uh, I think it's one of those where against Wednesday, it's going to be aggressive. You're going to have to be high energy. It's going to be a real shift. It's not going to be pretty, like Brady said. And I think his aggression um, in transitions where I mentioned them, where I think it could be a dangerous one for us. He's so good, in my opinion, they're easily the best on the team and one of the best in the championship at really breaking play up and breaking counter-attacks up and winning the ball back for us quickly. He's got a real nose for the ball. And obviously, as we mentioned, going into last week, he breaks forward and that all action, high energy, doesn't mind getting stuck in, can be a bit spy, uh, prickly himself. I think he's going to be a, a big player for us. And, you know, I would say him every week if I could, a bit like you with Aramoy for this current team. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like him. If he can rat around, um, if he can rat around uh, Bannon, then I think it gives us a really good chance to, to control the game. Uh, Brady, I'll bring you in at this point as well. What sort of strengths do you think Town can utilise and who would you pick as, uh, as Town's key man as well? Well, um, obviously, you don't have to be a kind of an expert on town to know um, our left side's been really, really good this season. So Karama and uh, Toffolo have got seven assists and seven goals between them. So I think, again, you know, you can talk about stats all you like, but I think they need to be on it for us to have a good game and get something. Um, but actually, my key player, I think, will be quite useful for this. Um, if he plays, which I think he should, is Fraser Campbell. Um, I think the front three of Mbenza, Campbell and Karama are starting to click. I know Danny Ward's coming back from injury, but for me, Campbell's a bit more selfless. You know, he'll, I think he brings out the best of Karama and Mbenza because he'll lay passes off for them, you know, and his, his movement, um, I think what we saw in the QPR game as well, just dragging defenders a little bit wide helps create chances for the others. So, and also his experience winning those niggly little fouls. I, I think with Wednesday as well, you know that might be key. So uh, yeah, I've gone for gone for phrase. Yeah, so I'm I'm not going to change much of a tune either. Uh, for me, Sheffield Wednesday will will adopt the low block. Uh, Town tend to struggle against the low block. Uh, when somebody does that, you need somebody creative who can uh, find small, very narrow pockets of space and little holes and angles. So Carol Iting is my uh, is my pick if he if he is to play. Um, but speaking of uh, bringing players back to play, it's uh, our new feature, which we've not quite named yet, but I think we're possibly ready 
to float a few names via you lovely people uh, via uh, Twitter. So uh, we probably will post a poll out quite shortly, and I think we've got two or three names. Uh, one I particularly like just because it amuses me, but I think all three of us like a, a specific one as well, don't we? Because there's a lot of things we could do with it. Uh, so uh, when you do this feature, it's it's very difficult when you're um, when you pick a decent player. I think based on last week, I thought my pick was probably the best in terms of uh, in terms of the weaknesses that QPR offered. But when somebody sabotages you, you know, by spelling the name of the player wrong, it's very difficult to win the uh, win the poll, isn't it, Brady? No, Matt, you can't blame me for that. It was a poor choice. Um, no, I, I got a lot of stick for this, rightly so. Uh, the player in question even got involved and gave me a bit of stick, which was which was really funny. Bradley Frost, um, yes. Yeah, Bradley Frost. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, like I said said to you guys, his, his best season at town um, was the year I was born. So I think I deserve a little bit of slack. But it so was, who, who won so the poll? Do we know? Who won the poll? Oh, it's funny yeah, we know? bring that up, Chris. Who Who won? <laughs> To be fair, Marcus Stewart was always going to win. That was a tap-in. I've used it early. It was a tap-in. I, I nicked it in front of you, Matt. So I'm not, I can't go too much, but, you know, it's back-to-back, so. Two for two, isn't it? I think Three Chris gets to go last this week then. So, uh, Brady, <laughs> I, just I'm in case. I'm confident there's no chance you've picked the same as me this oh, time. I don't know, actually. I've got. Ooh. I've actually picked one, but now I'm wavering towards my second, so I can use there's the There's no one. chance you've picked mine. No chance. Go on, Brady. Go on, Brady House. Oh, Matt, I hope you've not picked this guy because uh, I know how much you love him. Uh, he's got no hair, but we don't care. Um, Aaron Moy, I've gone for. Um, he just had a bit of everything, didn't he? And, um, you know, I think we need to keep this game ticking against Wednesday and kind of boss midfield. And he can always he can always do something special. You know, he was, he, was, he was decent on corners at times, you know, decent crosses. But then he'd also have that bit of magic. Like, I think of that goal against Newcastle where it's the one-two and I think that kind of quick play. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win... Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It'll be something that we need. And um, I know we've talked about it off air, but, you know, he's, he's moved to China at the moment. But uh, when that contract ends, I'd be trying to get Mate, him to come back to Phil, the Phil, I think, I don't know if Phil listens anymore to us, but Phil, keep texting him. You know, if, if you are, if you're not, keep texting Aaron. And when he's ready to come home, there's a very nice little space in our midfield which we would uh, love to offer him. So just just let's know when is when you're ready, Aaron. You know when you're ready. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'll pick the next one. Uh, I was going to pick somebody else in a similar mould, 
but I'm going to do what Brady's done and I'm going to play the poll instead of picking somebody who I think. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Who'd ever do that? <laughs> so the person that I think in a tight game, when Sheffield Wednesday are tight and difficult to break down, I think you need sometimes to look towards your bench and look towards someone who can make a difference from the substitutes bench, even if it's just the one time. And, you know, Brady says he's got no hair, but we don't care. But I'm not going for the ultimate super sub. I'm going for the super sub, and it is Chef Cock, Colin Kwana. Oh, wow. Lovely. Chris? Is that it? No, no. No reason why. Mr. Super Sub, bring him off the bench. You did it against tight Wednesday game. last time. Yeah, it? tight game against well, Sheffield Wednesday. It's literally the poll, isn't it? Yep. It's literally it's, the poll. It's for the poll. <laughs> uh, people, probably, people will vote without listening to my reasoning. It's fine. <laughs> it's just for the poll. Um, fair enough. Um, and my other see, player's I'm not going to beat Aaron Moy, so I'm going to uh, save him for another week. Yeah, exactly. Well, you that's it. I think uh, Aaron Moy's already won the poll. Um so with that being said, I'm going to write the poll off this week. Um, but I'm going to go for someone who I feel v- brings a lot of similar qualities that Aaron did um, and someone who I think is going to be important in, in the area of midfield again, as I, why I mentioned Lewis O'Brien. I remember when this guy came and you just could immediately see the kind of influence he had on the midfield of the team. And he probably also had one of my favourite songs. Is it Ronnie uh, Being the away of. No, it was Barry Horn. So Barry Horn obviously came and he was just so such a calming influence in the midfield. Like I said, he would be breaking, he read the game so well. To, so he was breaking up opposition counters, which I think is going to be important. As I've mentioned, he'd be landing on second ball, which was going to be really crucial against the Pulis team with the long balls. And just the way he's able to control, he was able to control possession, stay behind the play and just recycle it to make sure that when we are, when they are in that low block, we're, we're keeping control of the game behind the ball. So for me, when he, first, when he came, he was absolutely outstanding in that first time and I got a bit of cult hero status didn't he with us but yeah and 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 that champ was 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 pretty good as well I started that believe it or not get lost honestly I started it Man United <laughs> used to sing it prove that it's a difficult one but Man United used to <laughs> sing it for Andy Cole and I heard them singing it for Andy Cole and then I started it the next week in the um... how old were you when you were starting these chants 18 Oh, right, oh, no, okay. actually, no. When did he play? 97-ish, wasn't it? So I'd have probably yeah. been 16-ish. Yeah, 16, 17. All right, so yeah. It was in enough. the uh, lower tier, which is now referred to as the jungle, if you like. He used to sit in that area. And uh, I, I started it, and then a mate joined in, and then a couple joined in in front, and then after about half an hour, it started going. And then, Well, I just think that's spurious, but do you know what, <laughs> mate? I'll give it you. Yeah, there's, there's a few I've done. There's a few but which have been uh, noted in the, in the record books, but we'll come to that another time. And uh, what we'll come to instead... Uh, Brady uh, spoke to Ben from the Wednesday week and he's going to uh, let us know how Sheffield Wednesday fans feel about this game. Cool, so I'm, I'm joined now by uh, Ben from the Wednesday week podcast. Ben, how you doing, mate? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Can't complain. Win at the weekend always helps. Um, so I just want to check, because um, Sheffield Wednesday has been a bit of an interesting club in the last 12 months. So um, what have you made of the start of the season so far? Lots happened. <laughs> yeah, a lot has happened. It's it's been a bit of a slow start. Um, first three or four games were looking good. Beat Cardiff, of course, on the opening day, and then I don't know. I think the three three losses to Luke and Wickham and and Rotherham, well, Rotherham then Wickham all, all on the bounce. Those three really we were, and at that stage we were still thinking we we got twelve points deducted rather than just six. We were definitely hoping to win those three and to, to lose those three 
and in the manner that we we did um just sort of put us on a bit of a downward spiral again and that's i think we're still sort of feeling the the effects of that but i do think we're coming coming out of it with last couple of performances that we've seen yeah, like you say, you've been a lot closer in games than you were at the start of the season. And obviously you've hired Tony Pulis since. What what have you made of uh, his appointment so far? Is he, was he the man you wanted? Not, partic- not particularly. I'd like to see maybe Paul Cook or every Wednesday fan what Nigel Pearson, but we all knew that wasn't really going to happen with him living in Sheffield and him not wanting to... to ruin his legacy really at a club where he's a legend so <laughs> what, what what we've seen so far has been what we expected really um, what it's just been really what you expected Tony Pulis I mean we've had a couple of games in Preston away Josh Windass got sent off early on and similar against Reading both of which have, have cost us points so it's hard to judge him after you know two or three weeks when you've had a couple of games like that. I think the Norwich game at the weekend, we deserved at least a point out of it. We at one nil up, we should have arguably had one penalty if not two, um, and then we had had chances as well to to make it two nil, which would have finished the game off. So the signs are promising. We, we've not been attacking in in any sense really. It's been hitting teams on the break, whereas goals are coming from and we. We're making a big job of sitting back and defending for for long spells, but I suppose that that's what we've expected from Tony Pulis. Yeah, and are you kind of confident that you will stay up with him in charge? Yeah, I mean, I was fairly confident with Gary Monk in charge. If I'm honest, I mean, since Christmas, we all know Wednesday's own form have been nothing short of tragic. Really, we only winning. I think we only won two games at home under Gary Monk. Um, in 2020, one of those being the Bournemouth game a few days before his sacking. Um, so I think, again, that were another thing what what cost him his job. Um, that's, that's it, really. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. And um, I suppose we'll come on to, to the game on Tuesday. Um, what, what are you expecting from the game, game against Huddersfield? Um... <laughs> Again, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game as as games with Sheffield Wednesday at the moment don't seem to be. Um, I think, as we have done against other teams, we'll try and probably on the break to sit back. We'll be a shape. Will be will be sound on the Tony Pulis players. I think when his former players have talked to the training methods that he uses, it's very methodical, not not very exciting, but. It gets results, so I think it'll be a tight game. I think there'll only be maybe a couple of goals. Maybe whoever gets the first goal will, will probably win it. Yeah, and um, I think I think you're right with that. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough game for us um, based on how we play. Have you have you watched much of Huddersfield this season? What you, what have you kind of made of us? If you have, um, being be mixed, aren't it really from from, as, from like an outsider looking in? I, I think the new manager there's. There's um, the signs that he, similar football to to Bielsa that he obviously worked under. I think there were I can't remember what game it was, but I saw the highlights of one goal which were 
pretty much identical to a Leeds goal last season. So that, that's obviously showing through and you can't argue with the Elson methods with what he's done for, for Leeds. So, yeah, as you said, I think it'll be a tough test for us. Um, I think it'll be up to you to, to be breaking us down. Um, and again, as I say, it's it's going to be really tight. And if you, if you do nick a goal, then it wouldn't surprise me if you hold out. If we nick a goal, it wouldn't surprise me if we sit back for an hour and you're camped in our half. So it could be that sort of game. It's, it's funny this, Ben, because uh, I don't feel very confident about this game. You don't feel very confident about this game by the sounds of it. So um, with that in mind, what is your score prediction for the match? Um, I think on that, what we've just said, probably 1-1. <laughs> <laughs> I could quite easily see a draw. If not that, it's going to be, for me, a 1-0 either way. But, yeah, me aren't saying 1-1. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right with that, Ben. I think that's what I've gone for, so I'd agree with you on that. Um, but, no, thanks so much for coming on, mate. And uh, best of no luck for the rest of the season after, after tomorrow as well. <laughs> OK, chaps, right, it's time for us to don the skinny chinos, New Balance and uh, clipboards and whatnot and uh, start to look and uh, be the coach. So in terms of predictions, Chris, what have you got for uh, got for us this week? Um, and just before again, we move on, can we can I just point out as soon as we're in the, the habit of pointing things out, uh, somebody did say 2-0 Huddersfield versus QPR. So. I was waiting fair. for it. Waiting for you to mention there, there we go. This is probably the only fair. one I'll get for a while, but there we go. That's fair, mate. Well done. Um, so yeah I think this is going to be a t- as Brady mentioned right at the beginning it's going to be not like the QPR game it's going to be grim it's going to be bitty you won't come away from it thinking oh what a brilliant open game of football that was um, it's going to be tight when Wednesday they've actually scored even though obviously it's a different manager they've scored first a lot this season like 7 out of 16 say where they are in the league and they've not won many games but when the opposition scores first they get to pick up a point so I think they're going to be tight. I'm edging. It's either going to be nil-nil or one-nil, um, one way or the other. So with that being said, I will go nil-nil. Um, I think you know. I, th- I think obviously the the big dilemma is going to be who we play at centre back. Um, it is going to be cr- crucial for the for the purest style and, and how we defend the set the set plays. Again, I'm I'm a bit uncertain that they'll change formation because it's just so uncertain what Wednesday are going to do. So I think they'll stick with the four-three-three. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what rotation. You know, I tried to pick one last week and he made five changes. It's right in the middle of this busy period. It's going to be a really difficult one to pick. Um, I think having Pippa and Toffolo, I think they're probably the mainstays and maybe Karoma now with how he's playing. Um, I think they're the mainstays and maybe anyone else around it, they'll probably look to try and rotate a little bit. Mm, I think I think similar in terms of uh, rotation as well. Uh, on that note, I might as well nip in. Because uh, we can all have the same score, so it doesn't really matter. So, uh, yeah, in terms of a team, I think Hamer will keep his place. Uh, Romani Edmonds Green will come in to play alongside Nabisar. I don't think there's another option really to do that. I, I wouldn't imagine he would play Hogg in a back four. Uh, Toffolo and Peeper, I think, will play fullback, although he may look to rest Peeper after just coming back from a hamstring injury. So, Dehaney may get a nod. Uh, I think we might see Alex Vico at some point on, uh, in, on Tuesday night. Uh, whether Hogg starts and he comes on, I'm not sure, but I've got. I think Vico will probably make a, a, his first appearance. I think Bakuna will come back in for somebody, uh, whether that's Iting or O'Brien. I think one of those two will get rested, uh, and Diakabi may get another run out. Although he seems to have fallen down the order a little bit, but 
I could see maybe him coming back in possibly from Benzer and, and Danny Ward and Campbell possibly swapping as well. Um, for me, it's a it's a winnable game for us, but I think potential squad rotation and tiredness again will weaken us. Chef Wednesday have started to scrap a bit harder than what they were doing. Um, I half think we could potentially lose this one because we don't tend to like playing against sides like this. But I'm going to go for a 1-1 on this one. Red House? Yeah, very similar to you, Matt. I've, I've picked 1-1. I think I'd like to say a win, but I think this is another game where we'll dominate for uh, possession, but get frustrated at any opportunity. Um, we Huddersfield, we haven't actually won two games in a row since uh, we beat Swans in Derby. Um, so in October, so yeah, as, as kind of mentioned, this would be a good opportunity on paper to get three points, but I think it'd be quite difficult. Um, for me, if I was coach, I'd kind of keep the same team. Obviously, uh, Shinla can't play, so I'd have Edmund screening for him, but I'd have. You know, Hamer and goal, Pippa, Edmunds Green, Sartofalo, and then the midfield three of Iting, Hog, O'Brien, Mbenza, Campbell, and Karoma. Um, I think this would be a game where if it's not going our way, we've got five subs, just switch it up then. So um, I'd kind of start with the team, and if it's not working, then change it up because we, we have got the, the subs to change it. But yeah, 1 1. Fantastic. So that's uh, our prediction. So uh, me and Brady have gone for a 1 all. Chris, what did you go for again? 0 0. Nil nil. So three three draws here. So uh, little woods pools. Here we come. Uh, thanks for listening again to uh, the warm up this week, and uh, we'll be back before uh, the weekend. I'm sure to give you uh, to get you stretching in the right direction again. So thanks again, and we'll be back shortly. Oh what a night! Late in May in 2017, Shinder scored. It was a happy dream. What a feeling, what a night Oh, what a night Wagner singing, we are Premier League The greatest sights in George's Square did see What an evening, what a night Got a funny feeling when he walks and a fence and then the commentator yelled he takes a chance Oh what a night Lost so safe and mesmerizing me Low low charge and flattened all Chelsea Stanford Bridge, oh, what a night Oh, I, I got a funny feeling when he walked And a fence and then The commentator yelled, he takes a chance
Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.